Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of No Really Everything's Fine podcast, where we are joining you today from the stagnant tide pool on a Canadian island with our newest guest, Carrie Mescal. We have an exciting episode for you today where we're going to be talking to you about leadership skills and proposal professionals, how you can break through ceilings at work, and what you can do to get more professional advancement in the field. Before we tackle that topic, let's get an intro from all of our stakeholders. My name is Catherine Bennett. I am the co-founder of Proposal Industry Experts, a community where you can talk about proposal management topics with 600 of your peers as of last week. We just got our 600th member. We're happy to welcome you there at ProposalIndustryExperts.com. Thank you very much. Uh, Why don't we kick it over to Nora to tell you a little bit about ourselves. Sure. My name is Nora Fox. I am a uh, very happy member of the Pi community. Uh, So you can talk to me over there on LinkedIn. Um, I've been in proposals for about five years now, and I'm a senior uh, RFP strategist for a $22 billion company. It's the 17th largest uh, global employer uh, working in their healthcare vertical. Yay, my turn. Hi, everyone. It's Nicole Robinson, aka RC Queen. I am also a Pi member, so please feel free to hit me up over on Pi or over on LinkedIn. I'm also the founder of the Proposal Manager Planner, an organizational tool designed with the proposal manager in mind, as well as a 16-year veteran of the proposal management space, and I am currently the sales operations manager with a focus on bid, bid management for a global cybersecurity firm based out of Toronto, Ontario. All right, Carrie, tell us about what you are bringing to our dumpster fire today. Hi, I'm Kerry, and thanks for having me. I'm a, a work winning consultant based in Victoria in Western Canada. Uh, I help organizations generate revenue through proposal services. Uh, I've worked in proposals for about 16 years, which is far too long, um, in the UK and in Canada as part of global teams. Um, and in terms of leadership, I've led regional teams, I've mentored proposal coordinators, coached people on grad scheme placements within the proposal team. Um, and I just love talking about proposals. Um, also a member of Pi and also a big user of the RFP planner. Excellent. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're all applauding. This feels great. This is a really, a really exciting topic that we're tackling today because mm-hmm. so many folks in this industry, and you know, we're talking to a lot of managers this season, which is really spectacular. So many folks in this industry want to get ahead and we're not entirely sure how to break through some of these barriers that that keep us isolated within silos or that prevent us from reaching into leadership. So Carrie, why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe how your experience has worked in the proposal space to get you to the place where you are today and kind of what some advice might be that you would give to somebody who's entering into the space? Sure. I think it's in terms of my journey, I think um, a lot of luck in terms of some of the mentors that I've had. Um, I think, uh, I think a lot of the challenges um, that I'm hearing from folks are, are very similar to what I've gone through previously in terms of a lot of proposal pros um, don't see themselves as leaders because they're not people managers yet. Um, and I think there's a, an important distinction to make between management and leadership. Um, but every one of you, if you're leading a cross-functional team through a proposal, you're a leader. Um, the, the tension is that we're often doing that without that positional authority. So, so I kind of came up through different roles within proposals, um, you know, coordinator, writer, manager, um, and it was kind of chipping away in terms of um, building that confidence bit by bit um, through those mentors, through formal training, um, but also through through um, having those role models. And I think that's that's another struggle 
people are having is, um, you know, maybe they're in a proposal shop where they're a team of one um, or it's a pretty flat structure uh, with people that, that have the same amount of experience um, and they don't have um, people to kind of model those behaviors from. I know that many of us on this call have had excellent mentors. Uh, Nora and Nicole, have you? Do you have a, maybe a specific person or a team of people who have helped you know reach their hand out and, and bring you along into the next space? Or what do you think about the importance of mentorship? To, to Carrie's point, Nicole, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I have not actually had any <laughs> in this space. Um, where I've had mentorship, I know. <laughs> Um, where I've had mentorship is actually, more surprisingly, in solutioning and in sales. Um, because my history is with, like my education, I should say, is in marketing, it lent very well to being able to understand um, how to communicate the importance of the, of the opportunity to the customer. So, like, why are we the ones we want to choose? I had an innate understanding of that. I also had a really strong customer service background. So wanting to be able to service the customer or provide them with the things that they're asking for with the best possible outcomes and the best possible uh, solution um, was innate because I had done so much customer service. Um, but then in terms of the project management piece, which we don't often talk about in proposals, how much project management is uh, embedded within the actual day-to-day -day functionality of a proposal manager, coordinator, writer. Um, my first director, when I started my career, because like most people I fell into it, it wasn't necessarily a choice. I was going after that marketing director role um, and found myself in proposals. And I was like, how did I get here? But I really like this. This is actually kind of fun. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting this. Um, he kind of gave me the foundation and the parameters for project management. And so all of those things kind of work together. A lot of what he taught me when I first started um, is, is a lot of the philosophy that I, I kind of adhere to and have had the, the ability to iterate on and improve upon, um, especially as my community grew. So for like a good chunk of my career, I was kind of doing what I knew how to do. But then when I started to get exposed to other people in this business, in um, doing proposal management, that's when I started to really like, say, wait, we can do this a different way, or wait, I can actually try this, or, you know, maybe this process will work, I can add this. And so community helped to kind of mentor me as well. So I had the initial kind of like sales support stuff, my marketing and customer service, and then the project management piece got added, and then years later, community got added. And that's kind of how, what has kind of helped me to get to this point. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. Um, I actually had some really great mentors. Um, I'm not sure if some of them would be super happy to be mentioned by name on a podcast, but um, one of them was an incredible woman who I started out in the pharma industry. Um, I, I It was a crossover for me. I, I fell into this as well. I got a random call from a recruiter who was smart enough to know that I had the skills to be able to do the job. Um, so bless her. And uh, the, the woman who trained me initially gave me a really great foundation. She started off as an administrative assistant and they said, hey, we think you'd be pretty good at this. And so uh, over the course of 10 years, she just got more and more into it, learned how to do it. And I learned a lot of what I know from her. Um, and then the next organization I went to, I it was an, a fantastic, another woman, amazing. 
um, pretty much trained herself up in proposals. She started out, she was their, um, I believe their travel coordinator. (laughs) Her family was in the travel industry and just sort of fell into doing it for the company and uh, did it for 20 years was amazing. Again, taught me a huge foundation. Um, And then, you know, another mentor I had actually was a guest that we're going to be releasing um, an episode in April on. We just spoke to her about um, management leadership. Her name's Lisa Puckrin. Um, Even stronger foundation. None of those ladies were certified. They hadn't had any credentials or anything. Lisa's Shipley trained. She's AP&P certified. um, And she kind of requires that. I mean, for, for all of her team members. I just found out what APMP was because of her, because she required the certification, you know? Um, and uh, so I think that it's great for people to have certifications. And I think that that provides a lot of strengths, but I think that there's so many really talented people in this industry that don't have certifications either. And I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about proposals. And that's one of the things that I learned from my mentors is yes, training is great. Yes, credentialing is great. And sometimes you can use that to leverage a better salary. Um, but if you don't have that training and you don't, you can still be very, very, very successful at proposals. That's really similar to to my journey in terms of, so the best mentor I had was at my last full-time role, um, a lady called Jennifer Warboys. And she gave me some, some pretty candid feedback that um, kind of took me aback at the time. Um, I very much focused on the technical side of things with with APMP certs and, and other um, professional certifications. She said to me, like, I don't think you're going to get that much further by doing more technical stuff, which kind of took me aback because every mentor and, and manager before that had focused on the technical. She gave me kind of three key takeaways, um, and it really was one of those, like, aha moments. Um, the first was, you know, take time to understand your team members' motivations. So I was viewing everybody else through the lens of, myself like if I like this and this is how I want to take my career this must be how everybody else wants it too and she's like no it doesn't work like that you need to to listen to people more um second was seeing the opportunity every in every interaction so I'm pretty task oriented um and it took a while for me to slow down and, and come balance that with the people um side of things as well and then the third was build your brand and your network and in terms of old school networking I hate it. I'm an introvert at heart, but I found a way to do it that's authentic to me. And um, yeah, small small groups and one-on-one coffee chats work better for me. But you know, leveraging experience outside proposals, maybe from um, areas like sales enablement that are adjacent, but you're kind of learning something that you can apply to your day to day. Oh, that's great! Oh my gosh, that's so good. <laughs> I love the fact that you that you've mentioned that somebody brought you some feedback that was a little bit challenging to hear, because a lot of times mm-hmm. that's the most valuable that I've experienced. It's a little bit of a sting at first, and but if it's from someone who you trust and who you believe has your best interest to help move you forward through the organization, wow, what a gift that candid response can really be to move you ahead. Mm-hmm. For me, there's been some inflection points where people have told me some things I didn't want to hear, but ultimately made me very very strong in whatever it was that I was trying to achieve. So so that's mm-hmm. great feedback. Um, speaking of advice, uh, what do you think some of the best advice, Carrie, that, what's the best advice that you've given to folks who are trying to become leaders in the, in the proposal space? Yeah, for sure. I think um, advocating for yourself and ways to do that. So um, being vocal, I was speaking with somebody on a, a coffee chat recently who was disappointed that they hadn't got a promotion and, and my first question, and, and maybe this was too candid, was, well, did you ask for one? 
and she, she kind of stopped and oh no like I did I I didn't realize that and I'm like okay like you, you need to put your hand up like what's your intention and challenge people like what do I need to do to get to that next level by you know this this certain timeline um I think the next thing is tracking your accomplishments so how many great things do we do day by day week by week that we forget and then we roll around to like performance reviews appraisals um and we're blank and we're relying on what somebody's remembering from maybe what they've heard from a third party so you know even if it's a word document tracking those um those good news those wins even if they're not a proposal win um and presenting those um and Catherine, I know you love data and analytics, so kind of plotting that sometimes visually um, can, can make your leadership kind of sit up and take notice. Um, and then controlling the narrative as well. So um, coming up with an elevator pitch, if you're working with a new team, a new team of subject matter experts that maybe you're a bit, feel a bit out of your depth with, um, kind of launching into that elevator pitch at the start of your, your kickoff or your first call them in terms of, no, I'm not a, a SME in you know, whatever the subject matter is that you're selling. I'm your proposal subject matter expert and um, I'm here to help you generate revenue. I think that's an important message and, and here's how I'm going to help you. Carrie, I love the fact that you brought up um, that we all need to see ourselves as leaders earlier because we, uh, what you're describing here, you know, what you've said about the fact that, yes, I have to raise my hand and I have to see how I can move forward to try to get one of those promotions. I'll tell you that's echoed in the episode that we just recorded um, where where we're talking about how to track and present our data and information so that we can get ahead. And, and I think that demonstrating our abilities in the proposal space is one really great way to get ahead and start entering into those leadership roles. Another way that we often really overlook is, to your point, not getting just technical training, but getting leadership training. So I would love to hear yeah. from everybody here, you know, where are we going for leadership training right now that has either helped us or that we're excited to to pursue? I can tell you right now that I'm in the Pavilion Rising Executives Leadership Program. Love it. It was a little spendy. 100% worth it for the networking. For the, and we're not, we're not sponsored by Pavilion. I'm just telling you that I'm absolutely loving it. Where is everybody else going to get your leadership training that's helping you move ahead right now? Honestly, I just watch people who I think are really great leaders and I try to model their behavior. And I will say that I've gotten um, unsolicited feedback at times from people who I did not necessarily trust. And uh, the best advice I can give to people who might be getting, you know, feedback just randomly from someone that doesn't serve your purpose, doesn't, you know, if you wouldn't take advice from that person, she does this at least once an episode. Um, if, if For those of you listening, my cat just ran across my desk. Um, but, you know, if you would not take advice from that person, I wouldn't take their criticism. So, you know, that, that helps me keep it in perspective um, because you don't know what somebody's necessarily going through or their state of mind when they're giving you that feedback. Uh, if they've just come off of a, a loss, <laughs> a big mm -hmm. loss or, you know, some things like that, then, um, you know, take it with a grain of salt. And uh, yeah, that's the best thing I can tell you. But yeah, I don't haven't really officially been through any specific leadership training. I and I, I not only try to model behavior of people who I think are great leaders, I try to model the anti behavior of people who I did not find to be great leaders. Mm -hmm. So I've had some, um, we'll, call them, we'll call them spicy managers, Catherine's favorite word, um, 
and uh, you know, they just they treated me and other people in a way that I did not care for necessarily. And so I try to be very, very conscientious to not model that behavior. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it's the same. So I lead the way I want to be led. Um, is the first like I, I I made it introspective immediately. Um, I was one of those people who raised my hand and said, "Hey, I I would like this. This is the path. I think I." hit the top of my S-curve as a proposal manager, as a bid manager, as a senior bid manager. Um, I don't feel as though I'm developing here. Um, and I think that I'm not being fully utilized. Um, I would like to enter into people leadership. I think that's the, the next iteration for me. Um, one of the things that I find great joy in is teaching. I don't like to hold anything to, for myself. I can't take the information with me. And so I feel as though it is important to um pass it on and not hold it hold things to ourselves so i'm finding i find joy in that and i do i find joy in coaching and, and mentoring and seeing people um receive i like to pour into people I, like i'm very big on like if you're in my life i guarantee i'm one of your biggest cheerleaders like that is that's just who i am i love to see people do well it brings me genuine joy and so I thought of all of those things that really kind of speak to who I am as a person. And I, I keep those things, but I'm so super also cognizant of the fact that I need that care is needed, care is needed. When you have a team and you're taking care of people and they're spending 40 hours plus or more, guaranteed more, <laughs> um, at work and with you and their colleagues, you can do great harm or you can you can pour in and do great help. And so I'm very cognizant of wanting to be um, more helpful and not be harmful at all. I'm not trying to traumatize anyone who's underneath, you know, my leadership role. So that was the first thing. Be introspective. Um, how do you, how do you like being led? And will that work for other people? I'm also very big on collaboration. So I'm, I'm just constantly like, does this work for you? Does this not work for you? These are kind of the guardrails I'm presenting as to how to get this done and do it well, but make it your own. You know, you don't have to be like me in order to exactly like me, prescriptively. Um, but here are the things that I'm, I'm suggesting that do work. Adopt them. Adapt them is what I mean to say, not adopt. Adapt <laughs> them. So for you, right? Um, and then also I'm constantly reading articles and I'm looking at the other leaders in my space. And I am taking, you know, I'm gleaning things from them. Um, just like, for example, that the article that we saw about not exit interviews, but uh, stay interviews. And, and that is something that immediately resonated with me. And, you know, I was like, that is definitely something that I'm going to do and incorporate with my team. So I'm always looking for information. I'm always reading. Um, I mentioned on the last episode that, I watch these hot takes from Harvard Business Review and they they're on YouTube and they literally talk about everything. So from leadership to strategy to planning um, to tr tr uh, troubleshooting, diversity and inclusion, they have literally everything. So I'm always looking for sources that's going to help to elevate elevate my skills, add to my skill set um, and go from there. Yeah. All right. And in our last meeting, or in our, excuse me, in our last minute, Carrie, uh, where would you recommend or where, where are you getting your leadership training now? And where would you recommend that proposal folks dig in to be able to advance their careers? 
Yeah, so I think uh, earlier on in my career, I had some formal leadership training, like a formal program. Um, the trouble with that is it was all theory and, and not much practice. Um, these days, especially because my attention span is is not what it once was, it's um, things that are kind of bite-sized, so articles, uh, LinkedIn posts, podcasts. Um, the one training I would recommend, and it touches on what Nicole was saying about versatility, um, is a model called TRACOM, um, which is um, communication styles and how to be versatile in how you communicate. Um, it's not a personality program like one of those psychometric tests. It focuses on observable behaviors, so how you think, act, and react. Um, and that's been a game changer for me. Um, and my, my parting thought would be, um, parting advice even is, if you're working for an organization as an employee and you have a learning and development budget per year, spend it. Spend it all. Doesn't matter whether it's formal, informal, events, networking, spend it. Great advice. Great advice from a great proposal expert who is joining us today. Thank you so much for being here uh, in our stagnant tide pool. Carrie, it's really wonderful to have a chance to connect with you and to speak uh, on behalf of everybody here at No Really Everything's Fine. If you are interested as a listener in hearing more from No Really Everything's Fine, you can find us wherever podcasts are published on LinkedIn. And Carrie, can folks connect with you online on your preferred platform as well? on LinkedIn or on Proposal Industry Experts. Excellent. So we will see you on either of those platforms. We're so glad that you were able to join us today, everybody who's listening, and we will see you in our next episode where we talk about even more exciting and uh, illuminating proposal management topics. (laughs) Everybody enjoy your day.